Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime. Anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Out of the Blue from Maze and Brew, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. The podcast that is only slightly less manic than Britney Spears during the shaved head era. I am Jared Stormer of MazeandBrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate, also of MazeandBrew.com. Andy, you sexual hyena, how are things? My friend, things are well. Went on a date with a Ohio State law graduate. You know, a little intimidating, but I remember she went to Ohio State, so, you know, you know, Michigan education is still superior, even if they know it's just like university studies. But, you know, it wasn't the worst. Sure, sure. I have no problem with getting in with the enemy um, so long as there is an overarching goal of learning their secrets and eventually converting her to the side of the light. Of course. I mean, she did refer to Urban Meyer as Daddy Urban, and I, I, oh. I asked for the check. And that's, you're oh. taking that. Oh, boy. Well, we're unfortunately not going to be able to post this pod because – I'm throwing up internally. I'm just in disgust. But, you know, watching Tom Brady win yet another Super Bowl and reminding her where he went to school did feel feel satisfying. Yes. Papa Brady, which is, you know, that's a colloquial term, a local term that will allow for that. But, yeah, Daddy Urban, never again, please. Look on Tom (laughs) Brady's football reference, his other nicknames, the Pharaoh and and (laughs) Sir. (laughs) 
Yeah, so he's got what? TB12, the Pharaoh, which I've never heard anyone <laughs> refer to Tom Brady as the Pharaoh, but we may start now <laughs> after seven rings. <laughs> and uh, and then what was the other it, one? Just, just sir. sir. They also had like the, the dumb ones like uh, Tom Terrific, Touchdown Tom, obviously the GOAT, but nothing trumps sir. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's just pure. I don't think anyone's ever called him Tom Terrific. Maybe in like a kindergarten class where they're teaching them about the majesty of Thomas J. Brady, but it's, never it just, outside it of It just there. sounds like a bad nickname from like an announcer like 2005 on like uh, CBS. Got Tom Terrific out here. It's, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, but actually we went back. The nicknames were way better back in the day. So you'd think like, oh, 1860s, they might call like some middle reliever. From the Baltimore, you know, or it was, uh, they weren't even the Baltimore Orioles back then. Uh, like, you know, Tom Terrific coming in to pitch the eighth. But no, like they had like Tom the Mustached Maniac. Yeah, like great nicknames. And now Joel Embiid has a nickname that's Dual 180. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nicknames need to make a comeback. Yeah, it can't be a command. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the whole sentence. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> throw the nickname. Lombardi Trophy Brady. Like, it just doesn't hit the same. Oh. God. I mean, so while we're on the topic of the greatest living American today, as we're recording, this was the Super Bowl boat parade in Tampa where they won the Super Bowl um, to cement this man's greatness. If it needed further cementing, I mean, at this point, it's carved in iron, but the man tosses the Lombardi trophy from his two million dollar boat that he just bought. <laughs> to Rob Gronkowski on a boat packed full of nothing but women and Rob Gronkowski. And of course it's a perfect pass. Beautiful. I mean, and Brady is, you know, a little slightly inebriated, you know, probably couldn't Damn probably, <laughs> probably couldn't spell Tom at this point. And still the ball is on the money. Just trophy drops right in the bucket. Oh yeah. No, it was the riskiest Lombardi toss of all time. And I mean, we were talking about Graham Mertz from Wisconsin winning the mayonnaise bowl or whatever it was, <laughs> drops the thing and shatters it, which ends up like making more money for the mayonnaise company than it would have if he didn't do it somehow. I don't understand how marketing works. <laughs> Some Hellman's but... <laughs> corporate officer like, yeah. Yeah, this is what we were hoping for, baby. <laughs> but, but you drop the Lombardi trophy in the in the Atlantic Ocean or the Gulf of Mexico. You got some you got some issues. Yeah, they're not gonna be thrilled with you, but even that then Tom would probably just dive in, pick it up, like command a dolphin or like sea creatures to go get it for him and bring it back. Yeah, no, he definitely can speak to sea creatures, so I'm I'm certain of that. But yeah, absolutely. They would have gotten the thing back, but that's definitely what I was thinking of when that goes in. I'm like, how quickly do we have divers out here? <laughs> <laughs> If Tom Brady doesn't complete that, but of course he does stumbles off the boat. First time I've ever seen Tom Brady hammered, like as hammered as I used to get when I was in like college asks, no, nay demands to be taken to Waffle House. Just goat things. It felt so so good to see just relatable Tom Brady content. Like that's a Tuesday night. Like this is awesome. Yeah. I was like, I've been that drunk before. We have something in common. I think I'm going to celebrate Tom Brady's just, you know, post Super Bowl celebration this Saturday in his honor for Valentine's Day. Yeah. I mean, I was going to do it anyway, but now there's a reason for it. Now it's constructive and historic. Now it's justifiable. So like when your parents send you a text, it's like you're a mess or something. It's like, this is why I'm doing it. I'm sorry. I have to pay respect. <laughs> Paying homage to the great one. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm laying down in the middle of the road. It's like, guys, you're almost 35. Morning. It's like, shut up. <laughs> He's 43. What do you want? He's older than exactly. me. Exactly. We're going to Waffle House too. <laughs> yeah. 
I demand you take me to Waffle House. Oh, man. The absolute goat out there. And seven rings in a beatdown performance. Like, that Super Bowl wasn't even close. He was on the money the entire game. I mean, he didn't really have to do anything that impressive. The most impressive plays I saw were incompletions thrown by Patrick Mahomes while he was 45 yards behind the line of scrimmage, looking down at the ground and inverted. But, you know, he didn't get the win, and his his receivers didn't make the plays, and and the Pharaoh did. <laughs> the Pharaoh just, with leadership, commanded the, commanded the field at all times. And good luck, Honey Badger. I mean, you learn, you, you know not to poke the bear, but you should know, you should know better not to poke the goat. You just don't. And I mean, the guy was already out there balling, but then you get him angry and he chases you down after scoring a touchdown to let you know. I didn't know he had this pettiness in him. I didn't know he had the ability to get completely hammered by one in the afternoon. I mean, he's just endearing himself more and more to me. I mean, this is this is that. dude. Yeah, this is like like falling in love. It's like I didn't know all this existed still. It's like this is. This is fantastic. This is great. It's like just when you think you can't love someone even more, you see like another side to them, but it's an even better side. You're like, oh, man, I need to move to Tampa. (laughs) It's also great because every time he gets a record, it's one more record for Michigan, like the most (laughs) Super Bowl MVPs. We have the most. We have six. Five of them are one guy, but they're fun. (laughs) Yeah, somebody was like arguing with the fans sometime of a higher side. Oh, yeah, well, what Michigan players are doing something in the pros? I'm like. Oh, you mean the greatest player of all time, Thomas Brady? Like, heard of him? <laughs> and that's also a very dated statement. Like five years ago, you had that. Yeah. But now Michigan guys are on every roster. Yeah, it's like, sorry. It's like, yeah, and we have the best player who gets drunk at one in the afternoon and commands Waffle House. Yeah, I guarantee there was a Waffle House erected there on the spot. They didn't even make him go to the Waffle House. No, they just get like a Scotty Miller, like, hey, Scotty, build a Waffle House. Like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Those things come in on the back of like an F-150. It's not that hard. I've seen it. Just backs it on in. Like, here we go. OJ Howard's out there setting it up off the IR. Like, we got it ready, sir. (laughs) (laughs) OJ Howard. Thought he was going to be a a big part of this team. And then you bring in Rob Gronkowski, (laughs) which he did as well. I mean, yeah. Just the goat. He like built the team too. Yeah, he's like, I want to bring in this guy, and Antonio Brown won't be an issue as long as he plays with me. And guess what? He wasn't. He threw three touchdowns to those people you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like all oh, Evans and Goblin. It's like yeah, they were they were very good all season, but in the Super Bowl, Gronk and Antonio Brown. Yes. Well, also this almost might be something for a whole nother pod, but I think. And we'll go back and we'll look at it. Not this pod. We got too much other stuff to get to. I think maybe the most difficult road to a to a Super Bowl victory, having to go through Breeze, Rogers, Mahomes, three Hall of Famers, probably. Yeah, and three uh, first team to ever go through three former Super Bowl MVPs, and I believe the first offense to score thirty points in every game of the playoffs. I mean. I mean, that's crazy. That is a tough road to sled. And everyone kind of thought it would get to Mahomes and that would be it. But uh, the Pharaoh had other ideas. (laughs) Sir had other ideas. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. uh, Let's get a little bit more current here. Um, As much as that is fantastic. And we could talk about Thomas J. Brady for several podcasts. Um, Current Michigan football recruiting. Uh, since we last spoke, our guy, Maurice Linguist, who we said we were very high on, Jordan Lewis really praised him, came out swinging. And within his first week, lands two four-star guys 
um, in, out of Tennessee, no less, which is not an area we really recruit. Uh, that would be four-star safety Taylor Groves and four-star athlete Cody Jones. Um, I hope I said Taylor Groves and not Jones. You're good. You're good. Okay. okay. <laughs> they sound very similar. But in his first week polls, two four-stars, both at positions of need, maybe not at safety. We're pretty good at safety the time being um but this is a guy that they think maybe could play some corner as well i haven't heard about where they think cody jones is going to be he's right about six foot so i would not be surprised if this is a corner especially uh with linguist re- recruiting him but what a way to come out of the gates wasn't even expecting this just to come in and just n- nail two recruits right off the bat like i was expecting you know take some time maybe we'd hear about it maybe we wouldn't you know people got to get their footing but linguist wasted zero it's, i was blown away when i saw these announcements yeah that was huge and i'm glad they recognized that corner and secondary is a position that we've got to get after so uh the 2022 class i mean just right after the 2021 class wraps up Already looking pretty strong at number eight in the country after adding those two guys. Um, starting to hear big, big names uh, as far as people that they're in on. So um, the switch to a more recruiting focused staff right now looks like it it is paying dividends. So can't wait to see what these coaches can do with talent on the roster. But man, am I encouraged about recruiting? Yeah, the youth revolution on the coaching staff is really playing a factor in this. And even like, Talk about Nico Collins speaking out this week about how, like, if you think Harbaugh's a problem, you're wrong. Like, all of the, everything is trending in the right direction. If Michigan had brought in all these coaches and recruiting, like, regressed or just, you know, middled around where it was, it would be concerning. But guys are brought in to recruit. That's what they're doing. Next will be about developing the talent and see if we can take that next step. Right. I mean, it has to start with recruiting. You've got to get the guys there first. But then, I mean, equally, if not, you know, if it's number two, it's 2A or 1A, excuse me. And that's developing these guys. So I can't wait to see what they're able to do once they get on campus. But building these relationships and getting the talent there. Um, people that say stars don't matter. I mean, just look at all the players that played in the Super Bowl. You know, yep. Leonard Fournette, five star. And Dominican Sue, four star. Mike Evans, four star. You know, a couple guys are under the radar. Levante David was really good at um, Nebraska. Yeah, there's always going to be outliers, like two stars or three stars will develop. But as more and more and more, as like we see with technology advancing, you can scout more players at the high school level and put a more accurate star rating on them. They're not always going to be right, but more often than not, they are. It's just right. it's how it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. And not every five star is going to be – kareem walker but not every five star is going to be leonard fournette either so, yeah you know it, there's it's a, it's a numbers there's game. always a bounce not every six round pick is going to be thomas edward patrick brady no certainly not and he was what a three star four star do they even have stars back then i was a child when he was recruited. i think he was a three star i believe so out of cali yeah yeah that would make sense i mean nobody was high on him until they were yep. and that even that took some time it took like three super bowls where people were like man this guy's pretty good yeah. even after five it's like you know he he might be good at football it's like you think yeah <laughs> now at least we don't have to argue with these fools but for a while there it was a debate um would like to take a moment to introduce our newest sponsor home field apparel Homefield Apparel out of Indianapolis, the incredibly comfortable, incredibly affordable sportswear brand. One of the biggest and most comprehensive selections of college apparel I've ever seen. Uh, has to be one of the biggest in the game right now. Uh, if you're listening to us, you're likely a Michigan fan. If not, I don't know why you're spending your time here, but we're happy to have you. But 
if you are a Michigan fan, you got to check out their selection of Michigan apparel. There's the old school. There's the new school. If you're not a Michigan fan, they've got everything covered. Uh, Homefield is a licensed apparel company. They've got you covered with whatever design you're looking for. If you're looking for sweatshirts, T-shirts, you're looking for maybe just a little tank top, they've got you. Get 20% off your first purchase with Maize & Brew at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, okay, you cool with switching gears here for just a second? We've got to touch on basketball because there is basketball on the way. I think we should, you know, although it's been paused. I kind of, I, I really miss it. Like, I miss the fun. Yes, I do too. And the Super Bowl was a great distraction. Um, had the Senior Bowl there, so there was some football. But now that's done. You know, we got NBA if you're into that sort of thing. But we need Michigan basketball back. It sounds like it will be back this Sunday against Wisconsin. That is scheduled to happen. Um, the game tomorrow, or it will be tonight, as you're listening to this, against Illinois is postponed, which is a bummer. Uh, that was one of the matchups that we had circled, that one in the Iowa matchup and Michigan State. So, uh, But we will get to see them later. Um, but Wisconsin rematch on Sunday. Can't wait for that one. Just very excited to see how the team comes out. I expect them to be a little rusty the first the first half of the first half. But I think they'll get it together and round really into form in the second half. I'm predicting a revenge game here as well. Um, wait, wait, no, excuse me. So it's been so long since we played, but you're 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 right. I think that the the, the time off may play a factor as well. Um, but we beat Wisconsin last time we played them, so Wisconsin does probably really want revenge in this game. And with Michigan coming out a little bit rusty, if we lose this game, I wouldn't panic um, because there is just going to be knocking that off. But this is also going to be a very well rested team, so I would not be surprised if they come out and put up 80 points either. So. You're right. It'll just be interesting to see how they come out of this break. That'll be the thing to watch. And if they come out one way or another, it's nothing to freak out about. Like, if it's bad, give them time. They'll readjust. But if they come out really good, it's like maybe the rest did something. And maybe we should take off the month month of January more often. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd be fine with it if this all works out. But uh, at the same time, having that time off, if you had to pick a time to have it off in kind of the middle of the season, is not the worst. No. Because now you can still get back into the groove of things and get onto a run. Now, you don't want to have one of these like right before the Big Ten tournament. That would scare me a lot more than this does. Yes, this allows the team to come back from this little brief hiatus. They know their identity. They know who they are. They've experienced the loss, bounce back. They can have some time to regroup if they need it and get back into game shape, game form, whatever they need before the Big Ten tournament. That's what matters. If we were coming right into the Big Ten tournament, I'd be terrified. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because this is a team that really is built on their chemistry and they're at their best when they're communicating and they're in sync and they're moving around and they're denying teams whether that's the three-point shot or if it's a team that likes to live more inside, they have ways of denying that. So when they're able to communicate and they're on their game, especially defensively, which they were really starting to ratchet up, I like them against anybody in the country. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely a team that needs to be kind of locked in and, and in the zone. And uh, having Isaiah Livers on that team, um, which according to Evan Maya of evanmaya.com, um, posted this on Twitter. Isaiah Livers is actually one of the most efficient college basketball players we've ever seen. He's in the top 10 most efficient basketball players currently. Um, he's one of only players, the only player since 2008 to average at least 14 and a half points a game, less than one and a half turnovers a game, 48% from the field and 90% from the line. 
Now, those are all very random stats, and it's kind of cherry-picked, but it's still very impressive is the point. Yeah, the goalposts have been moved a little bit to fit this narrative, but the point remains the same. Isaiah Livers is a hella efficient player, and it's all the way throughout. There's not a hole in his game. Like, he's efficient scoring, not turn, protecting the ball, and making his free throws, which is huge, especially down the stretching games. Now, this is a, I mean, this is a great stat. Like you said, they're kind of tweaking this, tweaking that. But the point remains, Isaiah Livers is really efficient, and I think it's kind of been a little underrated. Yeah, no, I agree. No, it's definitely moving the goalposts, especially to use like 2008 as a barometer. Like, why are we going 12 years? But yeah, 07, there's like 10 players this efficient. Yeah, like apparently 07, everybody was like this. <laughs> but uh, no, it just goes to show that um, while he may not always light it up on the scoreboard, and he may not light it up, you know, just in the box score at all, even with steals and blocks and stuff. He's playing winning, winning basketball for them. And without him, this team is not nearly as good as they are. No, I think a lot of it runs through him. His leadership is one of the biggest things I always point to. And just the way he brings everybody together, the way he plays with Franz, man, I'm going to miss Livers when he's gone. Yo, we all will. We absolutely all will. So hopefully we can bring back the rest of this team other than him and Wagner so we get to see some more of them. But for now, enjoy the majesty of Isaiah Livers while we have him. Do the COVID rules apply to winter sports? Uh, I believe they do. Um, However, I do not believe that we will see either him or Wagner back based on projections. Um, But yes, I do believe that they would for last year, but I don't think he used it last year. It'd be interesting to see how that works with eligibility next season. Yeah, because I think he would have had to have used that and redshirted last year, and I'm not sure if he already redshirted, so he couldn't do that, or it wouldn't matter, because even if you have redshirted, last year was just a gimme year. Yeah. So Either way, I, I you're, you're not going to see him next year, so just get used to that. He's, he's going to go pro. He almost went pro last year. This year, uh, with his efficiency and his size and his athleticism, that's a great role player. Probably not first round, but at least second round. Pray gets a bad grade and comes back. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't want that for him. It's time. We got. Have you seen the recruiting class we got coming Fair in? Fair point, sir. It, it, it's time to move on. And yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the year to go for the natty. Next year, we're building a little bit. And I mean, who knows? We'll still have some guys with some experience, but <laughs> that's a pod for another time. On this pod, we're going to take a quick break. This will be the first pod of 2021 where we talk about this year's team. I'm a little excited about this. We're going to start on the offense, and we're going to make our depth chart predictions. And uh, Andy's going to try and convince me to be optimistic. I'm interested to see if he's got it in him. We got that and more when we come back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 
Block M. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to Out of the Blue. We are beginning tonight, which will be, as we record this on February 10th, a six and a half month odyssey of Andy trying to convince me that I should be excited about this year's team. And, and, I'm, I'm and we're off, baby. Let's go. We're off. This is night <laughs> one. I'm excited. Though. I'm excited, though, because there are parts of this roster that are really fun to talk about and are really exciting. But we're starting with the offense tonight, which would you agree with me if you had to pick a side of the ball that you should get excited about? It's that side. Yeah. Well, we talk about defense next week. You're going to, you know, you're going to counterpunch me a little bit. Yes. It, I don't have as many counterpunches tonight because this offense has players all over the place. A lot of them unproven. Um, but, you know, it's easy to convince me that guys can develop. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that. You can convince me there. Yeah. We can find out some optimism, find guys we've both been high on before. And then it's like, yeah, we can easily talk ourselves. And yeah. Put him at right tackle. He'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, with Werner gone, well, let's let's get into it. And in fact, let's start with the offensive line. I think it's better to end with the quarterback discussion. That's the one that, you know, probably, um, according to CBS Sports, is the most critical quarterback competition in the in the league hmm. next year, which could be accurate. Yeah, yeah, fine with this. Yeah, I'm okay with that. At least there's something to watch in Michigan. <laughs> so, so let's start with that uh, with the offensive line, where there are a lot of names, and the depth has really been built up under Jim Harbaugh. If you looked at the depth under a Brady Hoke team, you were pretty petrified about what you were running out there. Um, you know, we lose Werner, but I look at these names, and I'm not super panicked about the offensive line. A lot of talent, a lot of four-star guys in the mix, a lot of beef. I mean, some big people. Trente mm-hmm. Jones is massive. Nolan Rumler's massive. Uh, Zach Carpenter, RIP. Zinter, yeah. Zinter's yeah, massive. Carpenter's a change, but big guys, man. But for me, uh, my I think it's going to be Carson Barnhart at right tackle at six four three zero one. Saw that was his weight last year. Saw extensive time last year in injury relief. Was moved around on both sides of left and right tackle. I think this season he sticks it right. I actually really like that. We were kind of talking offline about that, that if there was a guy that was going to supplant the transfer, uh, the the fifth-year senior, Willie Allen, out of Louisiana, um, it was going to be Barnhart, who saw some time there. The staff was high on him there. He, he he has the body type for it, definitely could fit in at right tackle really well based on his size. Uh, what is his size? Do you have that up Six, there? 6'4", 300 pounds. Yeah, that's no problem at right tackle. Left tackle, you'd like around the 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six range, but still, I mean, that'll work anywhere on the line. Um, I will go with Willie Allen, the transfer, um, but I like your pick there. And I think it's between those two guys. The other name to keep in mind would be Trente Jones. Uh, but I, I just didn't hear much about him last year, but he was a heralded recruit. He was a four-star guy. He's big. He's really big. So, uh, Trente Jones don't rule him out, but I'll say it's between Allen and, uh, and Huntingford there. I like that pick. And I think a wild card could be if, if guard depth is deeper this year, it, could be with some talent depending where people be. move Stuber could kick back out there at six seven yeah that's also possible I mean I look at this 
roster on the offensive line. And it's never been this difficult to slot someone into a spot. And I want that has to be intentional. I have to imagine things like that don't happen on accident, that you have a lot of guys that can switch. Because um, for a while there, it was like, well, this guy's, you know, six, six, three, you know, Cesar Ruiz was not that big. No, no, he's, yeah, he's six, three, he's not kicking out the tackle. Correct. Right. right. But then, you know, they, they were moving towards guys like look at what Anwanu did. And it, especially in the NFL, he's all over their line in New England. So very switchable. And I think a lot of these guys can switch as well. So it wouldn't be surprised me to see any of the names you just mentioned. Stuber is a good point. Uh, right tackle sticking out. As of right now, I'll put him in at right guard because that's where he played a lot of last year. He, he was pretty he was really solid there. Yeah, he was excellent inside. Really took the position well. Naturally, he's quicker than I thought he would be at his frame. And I think he's six seven, three thirty. I, yeah, he's an NFL guy, I think, especially with one more year of good tape. Yeah, he's massive. So, yeah, go ahead. We'll put him at right guard next year. I'm okay with that. Behind him, Zach Zinter, Nolan Rumler. You're going to hear a lot of these names put all over the place because, like we said, it's it's very switchable. Uh, Zach Zinter is a guy I'm very high on. I think we're going to see yeah. some of him this year. So, uh, wouldn't be, like you said, if guard depth rises – Stuber kicks back out and that might not be a bad thing. That might just be, especially since guard is, if I had to guess guard center and the other both guard positions and center is kind of where you're a little iffy about. Yeah. I feel a lot better at the tackle. So interior alignment, we want to make sure the team's stronger up there to really pound the ball again. So, okay. Yeah, I agree. So we got, we got Stuber at right guards. So we're moving into center next. And you and I were talking off air. This is very interesting because we're not, entirely sure who's back at Michigan next year, who's going to use the COVID extra eligibility, who's going to move on with their life. So we could see a lot of movement here. So our prediction could be slightly off, but we'll do our best. Yeah. And we just don't know on best artists really is the guy we're waiting on. Carpenter was the heir apparent here Yep, and he transferred. He's at Indiana now. Don't know what that was about. I don't know if that was an Ed Werner. He knew he was departing. Cause I think he left before Werner left. I believe yeah, he did. He did, yeah. So maybe he knew the writing was on the wall, but this was a guy the staff was high on in Zach Carpenter. So that one's a bummer. I think he's going to be a player for him. Luckily, we've recruited the center-specific position really well. Uh, Reese Atterbury was two years ago, very highly recruited, strictly recruited as a center. So I think that's probably your guy. But then you bring in Raheem Anderson this year. So now you've got some depth. It's young depth there obviously but if you bring back the starters you can ease them in a little bit more i'm okay with going out of barrier this year i'd be okay with that yeah i mean granted it's going to be tough and there might be some some learning curves but i mean four star center yeah what'd you recruit him for exactly and joel honingford his name is still up in the air around there see what he wants to do but there's some people there but i'm with you i think as of right now i feel most confident saying reese atterbury is going to start at center game one yeah, I'm going to go with it. So we're in agreement there. Uh, Raheem Anderson, I mean, rarely do you see a true freshman center. Yeah, it would that take would a be, lot. That would be a surprise. Uh, left guard. Uh, once again, as we were talking, the, the guard positions, there's names. So uh, Filiaga, is that where you're leaning? Yes, I, I still think it's Filiaga at left guard again. Played there extensively last season, and I think he sticks there again this coming season. I'm going to go against you here because I picked Willie Allen at the right tackle spot. And I think Barnhart's the next guy up. I'm going to go Barnhart here. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to go Barnhart. So uh, some combination of Filiaga or Barnhart. Filiaga would not surprise me at all. And this might be a team, especially where we're going to have a lot of new guys playing. 
I could see Filiaga winning because of his experience. Um, but I think Barnhart has the higher upside. And Harbaugh, one thing I know about him is he'll put the best five guys out there, period. Yeah, it's it's he will. I lean towards uh, Chuck Filiaga. He's appeared in 27 games, so he has the experience. And he started all six games last year at left guard and even played both guard spots against Penn State. So it means they have trust in him to play either side of the line. And I think all that experience, he's going to start next year. True. There were quite a few injuries on the offensive line, though, and we had to shuffle it around a lot. So, I mean, the fact that he stayed healthy maybe was the – I mean, if you had a fully healthy offensive line and guys were – progressing as normal or as you expected in a full season, he might not have been the, the guard starter at the end, but I'm totally fine with that pick. And you, you might end up being right. I'm taking more of a flyer here. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, either way, I feel better about the interior this season than I did last season. After having seen the product, everybody getting a little more experience, I feel a little bit better. Center's the only place where it kind of worries me some. Mm, see, this is where you have to sway me because without Werner, I'm a little bit out on the offensive line. I need to see it first. I like the names and I like uh, we're going to get to them in a second. There's one guy on the line I'm ready for, um, but there's a, the rest are wait and see. I'm just talking about the interior three. Like sure, we, we've sure, seen sure. the two guards center worries me. And why did Ed Werner go to Florida Atlantic? Is he just preparing for retirement? I don't know what that's about. I don't know why you ditch Werner. I mean, if you don't want him anymore, can't you move him to like quality control or something? I mean, keep the guy on the on the squad. I don't get that. Very interesting decision. And I think the easiest position on this offensive line to name is left tackle. That's our boy Ryan Hayes. Yeah, put that one down in marker. I think that's there. And I think he'll be, if not all Big Ten, um, second team all Big Ten. Yeah. Call him that right now. Ryan Hayes is a complete stud, a massive humanity started he didn't start every game he started most of last season and when healthy he was a very dominant player so yeah man i feel this one we don't need to have a conversation about there's no way he's being unseated there no it wouldn't make any sense i mean you could say move him to right but that means somebody has really really i mean that would be great if you have to move him to right because trent a jones is too good to keep off the field fantastic yeah exactly so and he was starting at left tackle when we had Jalen Mayfield starting at right. So come on. Right. Yeah. So that's obviously the guy they want at left tackle. He, yeah, that's, that's in marker. I agree. No point arguing that. Uh, moving on tight end. I'm going to say it right now. And this is something in the three years of podcasting we've, we've, we've done. I've never really said this position group sucks. Uh, I'm going to say it <laughs> Tight end <laughs> sucks. So uh, try and sway me. Try and switch. I mean, I know who's starting. Eric All is starting. Let's just let's go there. Yeah, that, let's get that out of the way. Nick Eubank, I believe, is not coming back. He's gone. It, unless he uses the COVID nope. rule. I don't know why he would, though. No, he's gone. Um, every indication I've seen is that he's gone. I mean, I've seen him in mock drafts as like a potential seventh rounder. <laughs> Hell of an upside, though. Uh, he can catch sometimes. Sometimes. Do we have a tight end coming in this recruiting class? Uh, yes, we do. We have a couple guys. Luke Schoonmaker still on the roster. We brought in Lewis Hansen, four-star, 6'5", out of Massachusetts. I think he's probably the future of the position. Um, highly thought of, but he's going to be a true freshman on this roster. So true freshman tight end. That's tough because you haven't put on that tight end weight yet. You know, you want to be out there at 260 so you can kind of be up on the line like that, especially Harbaugh still likes guys that can block. 
he's not really a guy that goes for that receiving tight end and only a receiving tight end. So Lewis Hansen, I think, will get some time. Schoonmaker will get time. But this position group, Eric All needs to take a huge leap. Eric All needs to take the leap we thought he was going to last year. Instead, he regressed and forgot how to catch most of the season. So Yeah, Eric, Eric All drops. Eric All drops. It was not good. So if Eric All becomes a player we thought he could be when he was a true freshman, then yeah, like this position group immediately is immensely better. But from what we saw last season, you're 100% correct. This group just, as of now, sucks. We haven't seen it. Eric All's the starter, a ton of potential, but it has to manifest. Yeah, and I mean, there's so much opportunity for Lewis Hansen. Yeah. So and Schoonmaker. I mean, both those guys. If you're if you're one of those two guys and you're hungry for playing time, well, there it is. And he had such a great built-in nickname, Eric All Day. Yeah. We had that ready for last year, but then he was the exact opposite. I think he had the most drops on the team. It was not fun to watch. No, it was bad for Eric All last year. So uh, the good thing about drops is that's usually mental, especially since we heard in practice he caught everything. Yeah. So, so that one that one very well could have been mental and maybe having fans in the stadium. I think that is going to even a lot of things out. I think a lot of these young players need that, you know, they need that juice. So I, I'm hopeful. But as of right now, this position group, we're labeling it our official term. Sucks. sucks. <laughs> but take us to the bank. <laughs> that's our official analysis. Yes. Well, they don't call us the best in the business for nothing. Um, moving on to a position group that certainly doesn't suck. Let's talk wide receiver here. There, this is honestly like there may be too many guys. You wish you could trade somebody. It's, there's a lot of names to drop. Uh, we're we're going to start with our slot receiver pick, and you could you could make an argument for a ton of people here. No one, you're not going to be wrong. But my choice for slot receiver is Giles Jackson. Yeah, I mean, we still remain extremely high on Giles Jackson. That's not going to change. I, I mean, he didn't do anything last year to take me off of his team. No, uh, Mike Sainer still is going to see a lot of a lot of touches, though. And you also saw what Roman Wilson and AJ Henning could do. And none of these guys are huge. You know, I, I don't think anyone any one of them is over six foot. Yeah, they're all little. They're all, they're all little and all fast, all really good hands. Um, Giles Jackson and Sainer still probably are going to get first dibs because they know the offense. Yep. But if you don't think Roman Wilson, uh, AJ Henning, and and even Xavier Worthy, the freshman coming in, that dude's going to see playing time. I'm sorry. Look at how many guys saw playing time last year. Yeah, it's so. best player will play in this. And we're, I said, we're just going to keep name dropping over and over again here. It's going to seem silly. But yet, but they're all going to see time. They're all going to see time. And we haven't even mentioned Cornelius Johnson or Ronnie Bell yet. <laughs> Well, we're just in the slot, yeah. and I think you'll see all those guys in the slot. Ronnie Bell could be a slot receiver. In fact, in the NFL, I think he is a slot receiver. He is, but at Michigan, I'm going to go ahead and say our, our our one and two receivers next year, in my mind, are Cornelius Johnson at 6'3", and Ronnie Bell. Like, I agree. I mean, we're 100% on the same page there. The offense was best when Cornelius Johnson and Ronnie Bell yep. were, were very heavily factored and were targeted. And here's where I wonder, like, you've got some deficiencies in other places, but not at wide receiver. And you, you tried so many guys last year. Is it a detriment to like put Roman Wilson in for two plays and not let him get cooking? Is it a detriment to like have so many guys that Ronnie bell only gets three targets a game? I'm, I'm just proposing this question to you. I'm not saying one way or another. No, that's an interesting point. It, it very well could be one guy gets hot, but you feel like you got to rotate him and get somebody else in the game and things like that. And I think that happened a lot last year at running back. But by the end of the season, it was feed Hassan Haskins the ball. He's our best option. 
and I hope they take the same approach to receiver. Someone's going to suffer for it, but as long as the team doesn't, that's what's most important. Would you trade Mike Sainer still and AJ Henning for a lockdown cornerback? Absolutely. So what I <laughs> we've got the depth. We've got the depth. Yeah, we have the depth of receiver to do that, and. I, I, the defense will be different next year. It won't be so man isolated. So I don't think it'll be as like glaring the deficiencies out there, but yeah, having a shutdown corner trading two good receivers. Yeah. Bet every day, every day. Yeah. Well, we'll do our, our annual trade podcast. That's always a fun one, but yeah, looking at this wide receiver, there's trade candidates at wide receiver. Cause this goes deep. I mean, you're bringing in Xavier worthy too. Yeah. And not to mention the other two wide receivers that they brought in that they're also high on. Andrell Anthony and uh, the other one, give me one second. I will have his name. He's not as high as, as the other guys, but yeah, you're bringing in Xavier worthy, Andrell Anthony and Christian Dixon, who's also a four star and he's six two. And the, yeah. And AJ Henning is still there. Like, <laughs> And AJ Henning got like a few touches and looked electric. And Roman Wilson looks like an absolute spark plug. He looks like another Giles Jackson. Like, so you've got so many playmakers. Like, can we just like maybe, keep the tight ends off the field and run five <laughs> wide all year long. I'm fine with this. I, this is a great idea. Best thing you've ever said. <laughs> Thank you. I guess <laughs> we, we do need a kicker. So maybe one of these guys can kick. Yeah. 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 We'll do uh should we do special teams on this one or do, for defense? Let's do it on net. Let's do it on defense. Cause I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I need to do more research. It doesn't look good there. Let's just say that <laughs> as, as we once said, sucks yeah. i could tell you jake moody is going to be relied upon so not not a good look <laughs> okay running backs uh this one i think running back one let's go ahead and put that in because that's not Hassan really Haskins. yeah that's not, not really that interesting of a discussion um but when you go to running back two and even running back three i wanted to bring up the michigan minnesota game really the only game last year that counts Fair. uh True. I'm, I'm, I'm tuning the rest of it out but here's how the carries broke down in that game. Hassan Haskins, six carries for 82 yards. Charbonnet, four carries for 70. Milton had eight. Corum had five. Evans had five. And Jackson had one. And Henning had one. Jeez. Look how many people they tried to get involved in the rushing game. Now, granted, we were blowing them out. So that's going to mean you go to your next option a little bit sooner than you would in a, in a close game. But... It, it goes to show you that they love what they've got in a lot of guys deep down the roster, and now you're bringing in Donovan Edwards. So, yeah, you subtract Charbonnet, but you bring in Donovan Edwards, who's honestly, like, probably a more coveted recruit than Charbonnet was, and that's saying something. Yeah, because Charbonnet was an absolute stud who we were in love with, and we still love him. Wish him the best in California. Sure do. But until I see Donovan Edwards at this level, as far as running back two is concerned, I'm going to go with a player I know is a dog. And that is Blake Corum at running back two right now. Yeah. 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 I have to agree with you there. Um, man, it, it's very tough. Cause you look at this depth chart and you're like, well, I mean, where are we going to, where are we going to get carries for all these guys? But Blake Corum showed me enough last year that that's got to be kind of what you were trying to do with Chris Evans. And I think he could be a better Chris Evans. Yeah. He had the first catch of the season. He had the first play of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So that exactly. Good point. Good, <laughs> good uh, callback there. The first play of the season was designed to Blake Corum. Cause they're like this dude, we've got to get going. And like, when I watched him, I thought that he reminded me kind of, of um, it was the Ohio state back. Um, not, uh, not Ezekiel Elliott right after him either way but like he's got Dobbins. that burst 
Dobbins. Thank you. He reminds me of Dobbins. Like, and that was as a freshman. Give this guy a chance to get into the weight room and like put on some weight and add that to that burst. Like, give me a break. Yeah. I love the way he plays. He runs angry, aggressive, very hard. And yeah, I think Donovan Edwards and he, I think all three of them will split carries. I think it's though it's a it's a three-headed back. Honestly, it's a Hassan, Hassan Haskins backfield, and but those two will split second team reps. But there's so much talent at running back, man. We are just just littered with talent in the backfield. We are, but at the same time, running back, you're always going to have a guy out for a game or two. Yep. Just based on the position. So I would have to say, looking at this, I don't think Donovan Edwards can redshirt this year. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I think he'll play too much. Yeah, he'll play too much. Yeah, absolutely, man. But I want to see Hassan Haskins get uh, get his due. Like I think he is a really good back, and this could be a huge season for him. But I think like although the production doesn't always line up, when Hassan Haskins has a game, like his performance against Notre Dame in 2019 is still one of the single best rushing performances I've seen from a Michigan running back this side of Mike Hart. Like just took over the game. No, I mean, I agree with you, and I think that he won me over because I was such a Charbonnet guy, but the more you watched him and what he did, even at times last year when the offensive line was, you know, down to their second string guys, a lot of the, all over the place, really, he was still making something out of nothing, and he's a one cut back that wants to make a cut and then get up field, but can still shed a tackle, still has some shiftiness in him. So I think he is like potentially one of the best running backs in the big 10 next year. No problem saying that. I would love to see it, man. Forget he was a linebacker for one season in Michigan. (laughs) Right. What do you think Hassan Haskins or Karan Higdon is the better overall running back? I think after this season, you can say this next season, it'll be Haskins right now. It's Higdon. The thousand yards that last year was very impressive, but Hassan Haskins was the most productive running back and had, the best hit of the season or second best hit of the season in the Minnesota game on the uh, punt return when Minnesota tried yeah. to fake it just blasted the guy. Yeah. He's a football player. And I agree. I think after this year, um, if healthy, if we get a full season without COVID interruptions, I think he's a thousand yard back. I have no problem saying no, that. I've, I do. I'm with you. Feel very confident. He came on super hot second half of 19, 2020, even with like, inconsistent line play would just still make outstanding runs sometimes out of nothing. It made no sense, but yeah, I really hope he gets his due this year, but man, Donovan Edwards, that's uh, that's the next guy. I think like, I think Cora might spend the lifetime at Michigan, maybe unfairly as running back too. Cause I think Edwards is that kind of guy to jump him the following season. He could, a lot of people are predicting him to jump Corum this year yeah. as number two. And I mean, that's saying something, but if you're duo, honestly, be excited for next year. Corum Edwards is ridiculous. Yeah, we have ridiculous, ridiculous. So much back there to be excited for. I hope we let's run the ball 40 times a game. Let's, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, if we're able to do it, um, here's the real question though. Does Tavier Dunlap get a chance to red shirt or do we need him as the fourth back? I think you can red shirt him at the beginning of the season. And if you need to burn it, you burn it. Yeah. Cause what is it? Four games. Yep. You can, you can, you can appear four in four games, games. So he could, you know, just cruise into the season and if needed can come in. But here's the thing. I mean, the blowouts, if we have any, are going to happen early in the season. So maybe that's when you play your, your walk-ons and stuff. Cause you try and keep Dunlap for, if you need him late in the season, say Ed Corum goes out for a couple games, yep. you want to be able to have Dunlap there to still have three backs. So 
Um, yeah, it, it's really exciting depth, but at the same time, it is, I would say last year's depth was actually better. Yeah. Uh, as far as depth, but as far as talent, this is, whew, this is cooking. This is cooking. With t- I mean, we, we don't have Chris Evans anymore. He'd been at Michigan for a decade. So, uh, and we will forever miss captain America. Um, you and I were stands for him. Still don't think he was utilized properly. No, I still think he could be a serviceable NFL player. If Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards can catch out of the backfield, watch out. Good God. Good God. <laughs> um, all right. Moving to uh, the, the most important position on the team. Uh, what 247 and CBS claim is the biggest quarterback battle in all of college football, the Michigan quarterback position. Um, this one's tough to pick. Joe Milton. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, you kid, but I could see that. If Joe Milton's starting quarterback here, I will be irate on this podcast. My optimism will be gone, and you're going to see my alter ego. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be bad. All right. Well, you're about to hear my argument for Joe Milton because he came in against Minnesota and looked really polished, looked uh, really good, looked like he you know, was playing within the offense, didn't really do anything out of control crazy, but looked like a starting quarterback. Then after that, they come out against Michigan State, and I believe like the first play was an interception on a miscommunication. Yeah, I think he just read the coverage and, wrong. And he ends up throwing for like over 300 yards in that game, and towards the end of the game is really like getting things done, but the offensive line starts to fall apart on him. Then after that, he has to go through what everybody at Michigan, especially the quarterback position, goes through, the the Michigan Twitter and the Michigan response of this guy can't do it. And there's no fans in the stands to back him up. I really think he got an unfair shake and his confidence just was rocked after Michigan state. And there was no chance to bring it back up. I do not think Joe Milton is a bad player. He is not uh, John O'Corn. I really <laughs> think that like, I mean, normally he'd have the highest upside on the team. He still might, but you bring in JJ McCarthy and that upsets the balance but he still has out-of-control upside. It's fine. He's great arm talent, but he's inaccurate. And accuracy is one of the hardest things to fix. And the confidence was gone. Heard all this stuff about him. No, I mean, I'm, I saw enough. Like, you you mentioned the Minnesota game. Yeah, saw, thought he might win the Heisman. The next Cam Newton. I didn't know he was going to be Cam Newton 2020. That, I didn't know that part. Um, no, out on Milton. Watched enough to see that. Couldn't read zone coverage. It was just, it was rough. I hope he gets better. You know, if he wins it and is just a miraculous, I will eat crow gladly. I will gladly do that. But I think this is between Frosted Tips, Cade McNamara, and uh, All-American Superboy, J.J. McCarthy. Man, can you imagine what we could get in a trade for Milton, Giles Jackson, and Sainer still? Who we could all afford. We could we'd get rid of all of them and still, you know, be okay. Yeah, it would be great. I it's hard to bet against Cade McNamara the way he rallied the troops when he was healthy. Like that, I loved that. Like he just brought a spark to the team that they so desperately needed. See, here's the interesting thing. You told me off air, I'm going to forget what happened last season. And you're not, you're not forgetting what happened last season. You're going on recency. Bias. You're making me bring some of this back because like a Vietnam vet at Myrtle beach, when I see the palm trees, it all just comes rushing back into me. So I, I, I'm so I'm getting flashes here. You know, I tried to black it all out, but. It persists. I understand. And I get it. I mean, he's listed on most of the projected depth chart. I mean, it's the smart pick. You pick the guy that finished the season. Um, But you've got two guys waiting behind him. And, you know, McCarthy as a true freshman, that's maybe a bit 
much to ask, even though he is the chosen one. But if he truly is the chosen one, he'll beat them both out. Who? So he's he's firmly in this contest. Was the last true freshman Sheridan or Threat to start? Yeah, it's going to be something like that or Forcia. Forcia, yeah, Forcia, absolutely right. It was Forcia. Yeah, it's going to be in that era. Um, no, so we've seen it, but we also saw it in eras where we were reeling as a program. We're not quite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just took a, a a right hook to the jaw. I don't know that we're reeling. Yeah, so it's um. As a program. Who do you think starts then? Just gut feeling. Who starts game one? Uh, <laughs> this is tough. This is tough because I don't. I don't think. I think Cade starts it. I don't think he finishes as the as the starter. You think JJ takes over? JJ or Milton? I think the uh, the talent will will win out. McNamara looked great, and he also is not some slouch of a recruit. He was a four-star that set records in Nevada. Yeah, kick and sling the pill. He can sling it, and I loved his mentality. I love that he has a gamer mentality, so I do like him, but I just keep looking to I, – I want that that Heisman winner. I want it, yeah. and I don't know that Cade McNamara could be that. I think he could be a Colt McCoy. I think that's a very good comp. That's pretty. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> and if we can get have a Colt McCoy, then give me the Colt McCoy. But if we could have a Trevor Lawrence, we could have a Cam Newton. We did have Cam Newton, but it was like pre- modern day. Yeah, I mean, I thought Devin Gardner could have been Cam Newton if he had the right quarterback coach. But that's a pod for a different. If time. If he had Harbaugh, my God, we've talked about this before. <laughs> I really think he would have been a good quarterback because he was more accurate than Milton. Yeah, you think you know, Devin Gardner when he was on was on like it, yeah, unbelievable he was, he was accurate yeah he could do it milton showed no touch last year which i agree is a problem yeah and you you brought up a very good point of all the things to learn that or arm strength are things that are very arm strength you can't learn yeah. you can go to the gym that, that's about all you've got yeah. um, but accuracy touch yeah uh, you can read you can learn reading a defense you can learn that not being able to 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 read zone that doesn't scare me that's okay but the touch they, he didn't really show much of that at all. And if you've got a cannon, his best play of the year was honestly like a, a Mahomes incompletion. I don't know if you remember the play. It was a broken play where he rolled out to his left and kind of being tackled, hucked one up, and there was a chance Giles Jackson could have gotten it in the corner of the end zone. That was his best play of the year was an incompletion. So he showed that Mahomes arm, which he has, which is crazy to say, but he has an arm that, like, it's a once-in-a-generation arm. Joe Milton's best play of last season was an incompletion. Cade McNamara, starting quarterback, game one. I agreed with you, but look, if things go south early, they're going to try these other guys. If I, I think it's – I think it would be McCar- – uh, not McCart McNamara to start. I think J.J. Uh, J. McCarthy is going to work his way up fast and will be the first one. And I think Joe Milton could be in the transfer portal before November. You're probably right. I mean, you're probably right. You're you're basing this off evidence. I get that. <laughs> I'm basing my stuff off of a feeling, you, which is a Milton is your boy. I I love that you're riding with him. And if you're right, you're going to be right big. Yeah, right. Like holding stock for sure, because yep. the stock is low. So I'm I'm still buying Milton stock right. low. So if it if it goes high. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout it on the mountaintops. But yeah, you're right. And McCarthy, look, we all agree that when we're doing this this time next year, I don't care who's on the roster. I'm probably picking McCarthy. Yeah, kids starting ne- in 2022, J.J. McCarthy is Michigan's starting quarterback full stop. 
right. I'll call it now. Go ahead and start the doc for next year's podcast. <laughs> get, it, get it ready. Fire it up. <laughs> Fire it up. What are we waiting for? Yeah. Uh, Dan Villar, does he ever see the field? <laughs> when we started here, Dan Villar might start against Ohio State. I, just can- I was out. Cancel the game. <laughs> I was out. That's when I was out. I was like, look. Look, he's probably a nice kid, but he also looks like the type of kid that wears like wife beaters and gold chains and maybe is a little rude to women. I'm not basing that off anything, but I looked at him and I was like, is this guy in the Jersey Shore? I don't want to watch this game. <laughs> Granted, our starting quarterback had frosted tips. He had frosted tips. Yeah, he was in a pop band in the 90s. But look, sync never hurt anybody. Exactly. They can throw the ball. He can throw the ball deep. What else do you want from him? <laughs> <laughs> With accuracy. Yeah. So, um. Look, I mean, it, it's going to be so hard to predict this team without knowing the starting quarterback. But if your starting quarterback is based on a known commodity, which the only known commodity we have is frosted tips, you feel okay about that. Yeah. So Cade McNamara starting next year, handing the ball off to Haskins, Edwards, and Corum. You know, life could be worse. Hand the ball off a lot. But at the same time, like, you've got to get those receivers involved. So. And he did show the ability to to get the ball to the receivers. And he started to develop a relationship. Um, I really have tried to black out yep. the second half of that season. Um, but who was he starting to develop? He was getting with Cornelius and, and Ronnie Bell. Yeah, Ronnie yeah, Bell yeah, a lot. Started, yeah, yeah. He started to really develop uh, um, a rapport with those guys. And those are the guys that I, both of us said are, are one and two. Yep. So that could be really good for the offense. If he's got a rapport with those two guys, those guys are good enough to win you games. So. Yeah, they have the continuity already built in. Uh, McCarthy, and they are on campus, though, so I'm interested to see, like, as soon as the first hype video comes out and we throw, see him throw a deep ball, we're going to – Yep, McCarthy, starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McCarthyism, let's yeah, go. Yeah, we're going to go full send into it. Just lean that Cade, Cade who? Cade who? Right, right, right. Um, before we go – did you come up with any good nicknames? Because we got to come up with some this year. If you don't have them now, that's okay. We've got time. We can definitely. I think Frosted Tips is a terrible nickname for, for, for McNamara. We could call him the Hurricane. <laughs> yeah, we could. We also have McNamara and McCarthy, um, very uh, prominent political figures in the late 50s, early 60s. We're, so we've got, we've, been, we've got the cabinet. We've been all in on McCarthyism from the jump. I mean, since he was mentioned as a recruit, yes. Yeah, we've been in on that. Um, a lot of good t-shirts to be made, but nicknames are going to need some time. I really want like a, like Ronnie Bell to just go off and get a shirt that says for whom the bell tolls. It's all I want. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. They'll come. Uh, you can't force these things. I'm not going to give Carson Barnhart a nickname yet. Cause he might be uh, playing for Indiana next year. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I can't really go too deep on Chuck Filiaga. Besides we used to say he was missing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the milk carton, the milk carton. Chuck Filiaga is back. Yes. Perfect. All right. I'm putting that in either the milk carton or just carton for <laughs> sure. Just carton between he and Ian Bunting and who is missing more. <laughs> oh my God. All right, sir. Uh, next week when we come back, we're going to do the defense and that's where you're really going to have to to sell me on this. But overall, I look at this offensive depth chart and offense is in way better shape and it should score 40 points a game for God's sakes. Yeah. More games against Western Michigan, please. If you please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel much better about the offense, uh, skill positions especially, and there's enough experience on the offensive line. I feel that they will be at least competent. Give me two breakout players that we mentioned, maybe just in passing, but you think are going to rise. A.J. Henning. Okay. Uh, Donovan Edwards. I like both of those. 
Uh, I'll go Carson Barnhart, Roman Wilson. Nice. The receivers are so deep. It's just dumb. So deep. It's tough to pick one, but Roman Wilson was a stud last year. He was. He was. Uh, he had most of his connection with Milton, though, so it'd be interesting to see if McNamara or McCarthy can develop it with him. Good point. Good point. All right. That's going to do it for Out of the Blue tonight. Make sure that you like, share, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether that be Spotify, Apple Music, wherever. Follow us on Twitter at mazenbrew.com. I am Jared. That is Andy. This is Out of the Blue. And we'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue.